Wait, did I tell you that I couldn't? I couldn't? I couldn't get it up. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're the only one, mate. No. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the Well Played DLC podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I'm Zach Jackson, joined by Adam Ryan. Hello. Nathan Hennessy. Hello again. And joining us after a long hiatus, Mr. Ed Darling. Hello. How are you going? Long time right here. Yeah, no, it's been a while. And uh, happy long. to be back. Blow the cobwebs Always off. happy to have you on board <laughs> on the show. That's good. How are you, Nathan? Yeah, can't complain. Busy, happy to be out of lockdown, or at least semi out of lockdown. So things are starting to pick back up for us, eh? Yeah, but we've got one mystery case a day, Matt. So you know. I saw that. Yeah, what a blow. Anywho. Yeah. Anyway, fingers crossed. Adam, what's going on? Not much, mate. Doing well, though. It's been a re- relatively boring week. So, yeah, not much, not too much to report. Ah, oh, to be but bored you do once have, more. <laughs> you do have some news to share. Do I? Oh, with my. My new arrival, no. my my no. fresh child. Is that That's what you're what talking about? No, the other the other big news, probably the bigger news. What's the biggest news that you've got? Oh, biggest news! Uh, I have a new job. Hey. Oh, congratulations, hooray, hooray. my friend! Yeah, moving into a new job as of the middle of next month, which will be interesting. I haven't moved jobs in eight years, so it'll wow. be. Yeah, it'll be a time, but yeah, moving on to hopefully bigger and better things. Uh, hanging up his uh, retail lanyard? Yep, getting the fuck out of that. Thank God. Let's <laughs> hopefully out. staying out of it, but you know, we'll see. Retail yeah. has a, a, a dirty habit of sinking its hooks into you. <laughs> uh, you've done your juice. Yeah, yeah, I've absolutely. Like double the length you have. What about my juice? <laughs> I thought you liked it, mate. No. Silence. No. <laughs> no. As as he's halfway in his in his glass of wine, I think that's that says a, enough, doesn't it? Oh. That's some real contemplation. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get straight into it. What are we all been playing this week? Ed, we'll start with you, but please do hold your special uh, mm. discussion for just a bit yeah. later. Yeah. Cool. Um, no, I've actually been playing quite a bit lately. As always, still on the destiny. Um, oh, nice! That grind, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's getting a bit old now. Like, I'm really enjoying the story, but now, I, yeah, I know it's just <laughs> it's real bad. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Continue. <laughs> um, yeah, I was playing playing a bit of Green Hell recently, the survival game. That's a lot of fun. Um, what else have I been playing? All right, I want to pick I- up Skyward Sword, but haven't yet. I've got a question for you because on this podcast, I kind of get, there's limited fans of survival genre Mm. or particular sorts of survival genre. Do you, Mm -hmm. uh, have you heard of the game the day before? I think so. I've never, like, I haven't looked into it, but the name sounds really familiar. So it's that one that looks like the last of us cross the division. Yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Had that mm. sick mud simulator. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. What, That's the what, one. What do you What do you think on on that? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd probably check it out. I really like The Division. Oh, man. Um, I really like Last of Us. really like survival games. Ticks all the boxes. Because I think, Adam, didn't, didn't you guys roast me when we were on that podcast, when we were talking about that a while back? No, mate, I've been covering that game. I think it looks good. Don't you put words in my mouth, mate. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put things in your mouth. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Um, Get help. Was it, maybe it was Kieran and Jordan then. That sounds like a Kieran move, so we can blame it, does, it on yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Kieran would always just shake his head whenever I played a survival game. He just was not into it. Can't handle it. Yeah. Nathan, uh, did you say that you'd seen it? Yeah. I mean, I can't even remember it now, except as was mentioned earlier, it looked a bit muddy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that that's neither here nor there because there's been plenty of games with drab art designs that have kicked ass. So who knows? Um, just quickly on that, I, I can't remember if we've spoken about it on this or not, but that game was, uh, when they first announced that, I think they said Q2 2021, which has obviously been and gone now. Mm. Uh, there has been complete silence uh, around that whole project. And a lot of people, excuse me, did some digging on it and they found that basically this dev team like abandons like has abandoned like a bunch of games. And Yeah, you mentioned that. Oh, I yeah. So I, I think, I think yeah. maybe I have spoken about it, but yeah, so it's, Every day that it goes past and we don't hear anything, I go, oh, is this just fucking a massive stitch up? That sounds like you're, you're waiting out on your front porch for it to come home and it, and it still hasn't. Mate, I've joined the subreddit. I am. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm keen. I think, yeah, I, I do like playing those sorts of games. Um, Jason, who was one of the co-founders of the website, he and I, um, them quite a bit so i feel yeah. like though there is there has been quite a few games lately that they've gone radio silent for ages and then just come out of the blue and been like surprise mm. here's a gameplay demo and we've been working on this quietly for the last two years i can't think of one off the top of my head but i <laughs> i get the feeling <laughs> it's something like that but, but yeah it's, it's that thing that's like here like why put a date on it when mm. it's you know and, i mean you know, it was probably pre-covid yeah. though right Mm. No, it was only it was only this year. I think it was only announced this year, wasn't it, Adam? Because you've been covering Ooh, it. So it was definitely it was, either late last year or this year. Or yeah. Early this, yeah, this year. Yeah, it was either. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm say this sure year. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Google on that. Mm. Um, day before announcement. So look what big Google's got. 29th of January. There you go. Yeah. Right. So. Anyway, you have to clear um, that one with Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're cool. uh, have you been playing anything else or just um, yeah what else there was something else that I've been playing but um, oh, right. oh I went back and oh do you know what I did play Operation Tango played that with one of my mates over in the UK that was the free game for PSN last uh, last month really? and it's a co-op two player one person plays the hacker and one person plays the spy Oh, yes, I've heard of this, yeah. Oh, mm. man, it was so much fun. We, we just sat down for like four hours and smashed the whole thing up. And it was amazing. It was fantastic. Loved every second. Oh, Highly so recommend it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, Ed, you would like this. Oh, no, 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 you would because you have uh, Ed's a keen listener of the show. But uh, these two boys here are massive board game fans, which you're also... Yeah, I've heard. Oh. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a fan. I'm massive. Well, yeah, but adjacent because I don't I don't really play board games that much because I don't have friends to play board games with. Hey, it's the same here, but you know, I still appreciate it all the same. So the yeah. Zach Jackson issue. So now we need to start like a like a board game, like a club 
Yeah. Everyone gets together on a weekly basis. No. The well played one. Lonely Hearts board game club. <laughs> That's it. Mm. Perfect. Like for singles in your pitch. area. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> what was that um that book club thing that you used to sign up for in school? Scholastic. Scholastic, my boy. Yeah. Uh, there was something that had like a name, didn't it? That was the name. Oh, no, I think I'm thinking of the bank one. <laughs> no, I think I'm thinking of the, of the bank. Oh, the Dolomites? The Dolomites, yeah. Ugh. Come on, That's us showing our age now. Shout out. Um, all right. Nathan, what have you been playing? I've been playing something that we'll discuss a bit later because it's pretty much consumed my last two weeks, like, non-stop. But outside of that, when I've come up for a bit of fresh air... Um, I must admit, I don't know about you folks, but if you're playing a game for review and it's consuming all your waking hours, the last thing you want to do is really play another game. You just want to sort of walk away from the controller for a little bit. Is that, do you find that? Uh, Depending on the game, yeah. 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 Yes no. See, this game that I'm going to talk about, I love, right? If I could have given it a 10 in good faith, I would have. But just that being the only thing I consume my spare time with, get a bit burnt out. So I did set up, well, I, I'm going to say I played a board game, but in truth, I just tried to learn a board game. That's usually what my board game sessions contain. Um, <laughs> so I brought to the table Root. Do we know about Root? Ah, uh, nice. Yeah. Root's so gorgeous. Root is a terrifically illustrated little game. And if you can, if you're listening and can Google it, give it a little look because I guarantee you won't be disappointed. It's a war game about woodland creatures. I actually think Zach might um, appreciate the uh, aesthetic and. Oh, yeah, so we've got each p- character plays a different uh, race. So we've got um, somebody that plays the Iri, which is a race of birds, and they're going to build roosts across the land and basically try and... Yep, <laughs> we've got... They're lovely birds too, but um, very blood- cutthroat. We've got the what's called the Marquis de Cat. Marquis de Cat. Uh, it's a uh, collection <laughs> of cats that are basically... Imperials, they're taking over the land, they're cutting down the trees, they're building buildings and basically just um, being the British, I suppose. We've got the Vagabond, which is like a little a rodent that just goes on a solo quest and can align themselves with the different other um, factions or just do their own little thing. And then there is the Woodland Alliance, which is like a, um, I guess, a religion of mice that just want to spread sympathy throughout the land. So they want to go for like a peaceful, like kind of religious domination illustrations absolutely terrific um still don't know how to play it still working on it because each of the different characters plays their own separate game but that's been me outside of the video games thanks nice adam what do you got for us well i've been playing a little something for review that's taken up most of my time that we'll probably talk about next week i would imagine um but i welcomed in a new child to the house uh (laughs) not a, a human child but a very small child in the in rectangular shape being the the series s that i picked up this week and just had a peruse through game pass i haven't had a whole a bunch of time to actually play anything on it uh but i downloaded 10 games just by kind of flipping through game pass and being like oh yeah i'll give that a try give that a try uh which speaks volumes to the amount of time that i'll probably waste just playing random ass games that i i click through on that service uh, but the first game I played on the console was Lonely Mountain Downhill because it's a really nice, it's a it's a nice chill little uh, indie mountain bike game, which is you just start at the top of a mountain and you mountain bike your way down it. And it's as simple as that. You love bikes, don't you? I do. I do. Um, oh, I've well, seen this. Yes. Riders Republic got delayed. So I needed something to, to fill that 
fill that cycling void. Uh, but no, it's a, a chill little game. Uh, as Nathan was saying, the other game that I am currently playing for of you is a little less calm. So, so I needed something to. So I'm going to cut in quickly. Um, cut away. I'm gonna, I'm I'm cutting. Firstly, did you ever play extreme games on the PlayStation One? No. They had mountain biking in it. Are you telling it. me to go back to the PS One and give it a give it a rest? That's it. Um, Very good. But I don't think we're going to be having an episode next week, so we will. Oh, but we'll talk about mm, that a bit a bit later. True, yeah. Um, an embargo for your game is going to end. You know, I'm a big fan of breaking embargo, so let's double check. In two days, <laughs> but the the. So, Elder Souls is what I've been playing. Um, I just haven't had enough time with it to give any sort of uh, critical thoughts. To, to, to I am enjoying it. it Game is kicking my ass, though. It does. So, yeah, it's it's rough, but pretty fair from what I've played so far. And I really like the the, the minimalist art style. I think it looks really cool. Mm. So, as far as, far as quickfire thoughts, you've got them. Question, have you played A Plague Tale? Have I downloaded A Plague Tale? Yeah, mate, I have. Yeah. Hmm. That's what you asked, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't played it yet. But yes, it's on, but it's on Game Pass. Oh, no, it's it on is. Plus. It is. I've got it, down- <laughs> so I've got it downloaded on my PlayStation, That's and right. yet still when I flicked through Game Pass, I was like, oh, I should download. Fuck, wait, no, I've already got it. I just haven't played it yet. So, yes, I'll get around to it. I promise. I know. I disappoint you every day. You do. But yeah, I'll get around order. to it. Yeah, mate, I've got a laundry list of Zach Jackson games to play. I'll I told you, there. I'm not going to send Tie Splitters 2. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. going to jump in and say I also send a vote for Plague Tale because it's great. It's a fantastic game. See? Now that you've mentioned it, Ed, maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll give it a raz tonight. It is really good. I need to um, play more. I've played it like an hour and I enjoyed that hour. It's mm. fantastic. Mm. Good game. All right. Um, speaking of Asobo, uh, who developed Plague Tale, I've dabbled a little bit in uh, Flight Simulator on Xbox. Uh, now, if you're wondering how the two are linked, uh, they actually developed Plague Tale and Flight Simulator. So, wait, no, what? Yeah, I bet you didn't know that, did you? Come on now, did not. Google. So the uh, now this could be wrong, but someone big in the in the company, I think it's the owner. Um, or creative director or whatever it is. No, not creative director. What's the CEO or whatever it's called um, of a playtale? He's actually a pilot. So so there you go. Oh, there you go. Um, He's right. That goes some right. way to explain it. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I actually got early access to that game last week, um, but they stitched me up. Uh, shout outs to Xbox for the hookup. But um, <laughs> didn't get it until like Friday uh, and I had to work all weekend. So... I've had, is this like, just releasing on console? Is that why it's... Why you're yeah, yeah. So it's, it came out today as of recording, uh, I believe. Uh, or late last night. Um, yeah, so I've been back through the tutorials and... Because um, I actually originally did try to play that on my PC, but it just it made my PC struggle real hard. I, like, I had all the requirements, but... Um, yeah, just... Not, like it, would, it would work for a, for a period of time and then... It would just struggle, and then my computer would just basically crash, or the game would crash. Um, so I thought I'd just wait, and yeah, I mean it's pretty. Um, I'm keen to give it more of a spin, but I've only had it for probably 
90 to two hours, 90 minutes to two hours I've spent with it. Did you get your plane to take off? Yes. I'm glad you asked that because, why did I tell you that I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get it up? Oh God. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) not the only one, mate. (laughs) Um, I couldn't get it off the ground. Track the throttle, track the throttle. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, actually that's a lie. I I could get it up. I just couldn't get it to stay up. (laughs) All right. It's a common so, issue, mate. It's all right. No, so, um, yeah, because I was like, oh, fuck all this fucking Detroit. There's so much Detroit, man. It's, like, overwhelming. And I was like, I'm fucking tired. I just want to get in a plane and fucking fly it. Like, it's that performance know. anxiety, mate. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I was taken off and I got in the air. And it's like, yeah, sweet. But I'm, I then, I, it, she, like, she kept cancelling me. She kept going... No, nah, you put your plane in a dangerous position and start again. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm in the air. Like, let me fly. Let me soar. <laughs> um, anyway, the next day I went and did it. And it turns out I was going up too high. Like, I was, I was uh, sorry, too fast. Um, so I had to, like, let it sort of sit in, like, a nice steady sort of level and continue upwards. But um, I was just what going. What was the plane you were flying? Uh, some little tiny one. Don't know. Do you know, the thought of playing that game on a 4K TV, because I, I have one, is almost enough to make me consider a Series S or X. From what I've seen, it just looks phenomenal. It looks like the kind of game I want to play on a couch after a hard day at work, mm. after I get past the learning curve. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it's, there's a lot... It, it does feel a lot more simpler, because obviously you're using a controller mm. versus a keyboard and mouse, and I just... My brain just hasn't worked that out yet. After like 34 years of being alive, I just still can't play games with a keyboard and mouse. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I'm keen to give it more of a spin. Uh, I also played two other things I can't really talk about. Um, finished Uncharted. Did I tell you that? Did oh, that nice. Yeah, finished Uncharted 4 again. Um, Anna didn't love the ending. She's like, when's this going to end? Like, is this... So, um, you know, I, now that I've played it again, I was kind of critical of the ending the first time around, but I think I don't mind the ending. It's Ooh. nice. It's nice. I still wish someone died though, but, um, well, <laughs> uh, um, but that's pretty much it. I I've think. got an important question, uh, just darting back to flight sim real quick. Your oh, first yeah. flight, was it the, the lovely 45 minute flight? from Tullamarine to Launceston Airport. No, but I'm glad you asked because I haven't finished the trainings yet, so I'm still doing all the trainings to try and... But that is going to be my first flight. Good, because uh, we've got a Hudson's Coffee now, mate. We're, we're, <laughs> we're doing wonderful things down here. Um, They're gentrifying. I actually wanted to do it before the potty, but just, just haven't had time. Well, um, I hope next time we're um, talking, I'd like to check in. I want to hear how that's gone. Mm. I'll give you a captain's update. No, please. Cap- is it? Whatever. Um, move on. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. I got. That's all I got for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right. Um, reviews. There's a couple of them. Ed, do you want to go uh, go first with what you've been playing? Yeah, sure. So I just reviewed a cool game called Chernobylite. Uh, which is leaving early access and getting a full release today as of time of recording uh, on PC. And it will be coming to consoles in September and then, sorry, last gen consoles in September and then current gen, so PS5, Xbox, Series X and S 
Uh, they've said TBD sometime later in 2021. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool sci-fi survival horror RPG uh, where you play as a physicist who goes back to Chernobyl 30 years after the explosion, which I'm sure we're all familiar with. Uh, and yeah, the story kicks off from there. You're going there to hunt some Chernobylite, which is like a green glowing rock that has exotic properties, but things go really bad. And then you got to put together a team to get back in there and uh, do your thing. So yeah, it's good. I, I really enjoyed it. It's kind of, it, it sort of flirts with all the different genres that it sits in without really committing too heavily to either one. So it's sort of like if you like, if you like shooters, if you like survival, if you like building, if you like, um, yeah, it, like it just covers a lot. So, it's so good. from from the story, because I know that uh, so you're also going back there to find your uh, lover who yes. has yeah. who vanished during the um, the explosion or something like that. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's that's worth mentioning. The <laughs> Igor, who is the main character, he has an ulterior motive, which is to find his fiancée, Tatiana, who disappeared on the day of the accident, uh, which, I don't know, if someone disappeared on the day of the accident, I think my <laughs> initial thought would be, okay, well, they died. <laughs> or, or it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be, I'm going to go back 30, later, 30 years later and try and find this person. But she's been speaking to him in his dreams, which is his main kind of impetus for going back there as well. So... Uh, in terms of um, the story, how mm-hmm. is it? Because from reading your review, it kind of feels like it's you kind of get to choose where it goes, sort of. Yeah. So you kind of the way that it works is that you your character wakes up every day, and you're presented with kind of a laundry list of things to do, which can either be trying to find materials to build up your base, trying to find food to sustain yourself, or look for clues in the exclusion zone, which is all the abandoned buildings surrounding the Chernobyl plant um, and the forest and stuff. And so you kind of go out there and you're trying to find scraps of paper and audio logs which describe what happened on the day or they kind of tie back to an investigation that you're taking part of. And as you progress throughout the story, you kind of piece together what happened on the day, what happened to Tatiana um, and other mysteries, which I won't go into um, for spoilery reasons. But it's very non-linear in the way that it works. And the missions themselves are actually time-gated. So they also have a lot of other characters in there as well, which you can actually recruit to your team, but you only get a certain amount of time to do it, similar to something like Dead Rising, where it'll say, we've got this radio call and there's a person here who says they have information on Tatiana's whereabouts. You've got two days to get there. So you can either you know, drop everything and be like, I've got to go talk to this person and find out what they know. Or you can say, well, I've actually only got, you know, one day's worth of food left. I actually have to go prioritize getting food to finding out what happened to Tatiana. So you you have to make that decision every day as to what you're going to do. Um, But then once you actually start recruiting people as well, you can send them out on less important missions so you can focus on the story. So You've got other people like soldiers, um, you know, a kind of cast of different people in the exclusion zone. And you can say, I'm going to go discover what this person knows or pick up this clue or explore this, you know, mysterious radio signal. And you'll assign your one of your companions to say, you go get food. 
or you go get medical supplies because we need that for the base. So, yeah, it's um it's a really strange way of telling the story and the story is actually really interesting as well. And the way that you kind of piece together the narratives seems really it, it's very you have to actually investigate what you're finding to put it together like it doesn't it doesn't hand it to you. So it's sort of like you actually have to read the documents, you have to have to read um, you know, listen to the audio files, put it together, and you've got a, a kind of a big board in the main character's bedroom in your base. And you sort of, it gets all up on the board and it has all the links between the stuff that, you know, oh, this document links to that one because it was made on the same day and this one was made by the same person. And you kind of do the investigation that wise. And then stuff happens again, which I won't get into because it's pretty cool when you first experience it. Uh, once you kind of reach the end of that investigation it then sort of presents you the narrative in a really easy to understand kind of way. So it's up to you whether or not you actually want to put it together yourself or whether you want to just go ham collecting all the clues and then wait till it actually presents you what the clues are kind of, you know, stitching together. Mm. So, all right, I've got a couple of questions for you because I've, yeah. uh, as I mentioned before, I did back this on Kickstarter. Yeah. And I have dabbled in the in the early access version. It was a bit rough, but mm. um, it's made by the Farm Fifty One. Uh, mm-hmm. Shoutouts to my boys there who made Get Even. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has played that. You, yeah. Nathan, you've played it. Yeah, we've actually. I, I think we've discussed it on the podcast ever so oh. briefly before. I think I, I didn't mind it. I the one it. thing that kind of bummed me a little bit. And I think I mentioned this before. Is if you shoot a couple of people, <laughs> the game kind of slaps your wrist and then at some points i lost patience with the game trying to stealth through so i'd just shoot people and the game would go you're a piece of shit and send me off on a bad <laughs> um set of consequences well shouldn't shoot people mate oh well it's interesting keep me a gun. What am I gonna do? it's the same as the watch <laughs> um but yeah like that game's a bit um quirky as well and it has like a, a very cool narrative but um mm. the, what mm. i was going to say is uh so that so they actually traveled to the exclusion zone a few mm. times uh, and they've actually 3d scanned pretty essentially uh, like and they've got like a photorealistic uh, version of the yeah. exclusion zone that you play in like ed so you've probably played like a more polished version that i have but yeah i remember playing in early access it looked awesome yeah it looks uh, really really nice and it actually it's funny you mentioned that because after i wrote the review i was looking into it and it the game actually started as a VR, VR tour of yeah. um, of the exclusion zone, mm. which I didn't know, and makes total sense because they when they kind of recreated the exclusion zone, they used maps of the actual area, um, photo scans of you know the buildings and stuff that are in there, and they've got comparison videos on the website which I mentioned in the review, um, where you know they've got the I think it's Cafe Pripyat and it's got really beautiful kind of stained glass windows in real life and then you go there in the game and it's got the exact same really beautiful stained glass windows broken in the same way um you know it's just the textures on there are really really nice um the sound design is great so i'm really sure that they you know use some pretty high-tech equipment to actually capture the Mm. the noises of a place where nobody is and there's like you know very little wildlife and you know the, the main noise you hear is like the wind and the crumbling buildings so it was just a delight for the senses. Like it looks really nice. It sounds really nice. Definitely recommend playing with headphones if you can. Um, Cause it was just great. And yeah, to start life as a kind of VR tour of a place where not many people are going to get to go and then turn into a fully fledged game was mm. pretty awesome. Yeah. The, the level of detail and sort of, you know, 
the labor of love behind it is is pretty mm. awesome i got one last question for you before we yeah. move on before if nathan's got any questions because i know he's very keen on yeah. stalker and and that uh but from a shooter uh perspective mm. what sort of enemies and stuff do you uncover because i think there's military or mercenary type enemies yep. in the zone as well um as well as like mutations i guess if you want to call them that or yeah so the most of the time you'll be facing um mercenaries uh so guys with guns and kind of like have a a really strong military presence but in the kind of abandoned buildings and in the different sort of areas there's these things called shadows which are essentially mutations monsters um and the way that the game works it actually you don't Every time you go to a location, it's different. And so if you go there one day, it might have an increased military presence. If you go there another day, it might have an increased monster presence. Um, and you can kind of tell that by the way that the environment is affecting that part of the map. So it's like if there's a green lightning storm above an area of the map, it's like, okay, well, that's going to be full of shadows, uh, these you know creatures. Or if there's a helicopter circling above it, it's like, okay, well, that's going to have an increased presence of um, you know the military. So... Yeah, like it's it, it is kind of varied, and every time you kind of go there, sometimes you go to a map and you'll explore the whole zone and not run into a single person. Other times it'll be like I've got to go get this, you know, investigate this radio signal. It's just absolutely crawling with dudes with machine guns. So it's you know it's different every time you go and play each of the different zones, which is really cool. And from a so Nathan, you because you've played get even the shooting mechanics are they're passable is probably yeah the yeah. Most you know, nice way to describe them. But so how's the shooting in this one? Because I, I know that I've played some of the combat, but that was a couple of years ago, I think. And I yeah. don't really remember. I don't remember being being like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, like it's not, it's not as tuned as say, you know, Battlefield or COD or Destiny, those kind of shooters and stuff, which are, that's your kind of bread and butter. You got to make sure you get that right. It, like it works. I, it, there's only three guns that are in the map. I, in the, game it's a revolver kalashnikov and a shotgun um and you can kind of customize those as much as you want so you can kind of put an extended barrel and a sniper scope on your revolver if you prefer long range or you can kind of saw everything off if you want to get up close and personal but it just means that it doesn't do anything amazing but what it does do works um i haven't found any reason to not use the revolver um so i've just been rolling with that since the start of the game and you know it's I, I tend to try and sneak around in games like this so I don't get in fights. But when I do, like, it's it does work. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not COD, it's not Battlefield, it's not, you know, those kind of shooter games. Mm. Um, but it didn't make me feel like this is really shit, this needs to be fixed. Like, it, it felt it felt fine. Mm. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, it's 40 bucks. It's on, it's on sale at the moment, uh, like a launch day or launch week or yep. whatever special um so it's actually cheaper than what i expected it was going to be um Mm. so you can yeah go uh check that out if you would like ed what did you score it before nathan's got to jump in with the question just before that (laughs) (laughs) build some suspense i'm curious have you dabbled in the metro or stalker series previously to that i played some of metro the first one um Mm. and i've been told that i got to play the whole series because it's really good and then i actually went back and played the remaster version of the first one yep. um for a couple of hours and it, yeah like it 
it didn't grab me as much as I thought it would, but I think that's because it's a remaster of an old game. Um, and, you know, the kind of... Because it came out on Xbox, the original Xbox? The no, Xbox 360. It was Xbox 360, exclusive, right. pretty sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, haven't played anything to do with Stalker because I've only just started getting into PC gaming probably about a year, <sighs> year and a half ago. Um, okay. But again, it's one of those things that people have told me to check out because it's Cause really good. when yeah. I look through the Steam reviews for the early access of Chernobyl Light, I see a mm. lot of these comparisons drawn to Stalker and we'll, we'll put that to the side, ignore mm. that. And Metro, which itself was often compared to Stalker, do you think, mm. so having played an hour or two and you've got a bit of a feel of the atmosphere mm. and the gunplay, I imagine there's quite a probably quite a significant budget disparity between the two games. Do you think from your initial um familiarity with metro like is mm. it are they comparable at all or are they very very separate different products i think they're they're definitely quite different and i think yeah. you can probably tell the difference in budget um just in terms of the level of i don't know the chernobylite was really great but there were there were points when it felt a little bit empty um and a little bit repetitive because you are going back to certain areas, like the, the same kind of areas quite a few times to get the, you know, different things in the map. Um, mm. Whereas something like Metro, it that felt very focused and very narrative driven. Not yeah. so much, I mean, again, I only played the first one for, a, you know, a short amount of time, but that felt a lot more um, driven and focused and yeah, not so that's kind right. of open. And yeah, it's very A to B. Mm. Yeah, Chernobylite really kind of leans into that openness of, you're just given a free license to wander these areas in the exclusion zone. If you want to go and explore that abandoned building, do it. If you don't, you know, go somewhere else. Um, which I think is, you know, it's, you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, I really enjoy that kind of open world exploration thing. And I did feel when I was playing Metro that it was a little bit claustrophobic, not in terms of just being in the underground tunnels, but like I, I didn't feel like I was able to play the way that I wanted to yeah. when I was playing Metro. Whereas I felt with Chernobyl, I, I was, um, you know, I could I could basically do whatever I want, play stealth if I wanted, go in guns blazing if I wanted. So yeah, yeah. to 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 answer that question, I, I'm I'm more lean into the Metro side. Um, I do like that, but I'm more of a a story boy as um mm. a story boy, as, <laughs> as we all know. Um, yeah, the open world stuff sort of gets a bit not boring, but just I can I can need to be pushed in like a direction sometimes. Mm. Like I need to. Um, but yeah, you know, I do love the Chernobyl um, backdrop, so that's, that's yeah. what caught my eye about that. But yeah, I think budget-wise, Metro was published by Deep Silver. I think the first one was published yeah. by Deep Silver, yeah. um, and it was Microsoft exclusive, so I'm sure they would have got some kickbacks. Yeah. Um, I think it was there. TH. Was it? I think yeah. it was still while it was yeah. THQ, and yeah, then THQ, Deep Silver and for the Deep Redux. Yeah. Whereas yeah, whereas this one's like a crowd-funded. Mm. Indie lab, uh, indie publisher, you know, game. So, yeah, and it's yeah. it's one of those things where, as well, like you know, I started playing with the Russian voiceover and then changed the English voiceover and then back to the Russian because the English was not great. <laughs> like yeah, it's, well, it's, it's okay, but it's not great. Even in um, Metro, the voiceovers are a bit like the English voice acting is a bit comical at times. Yeah, Absolutely, right. <laughs> it, it's very on the nose. But I think yeah, I right. think number one and two, I think the the world um, of of those two games is fantastic. Mm. Um, I love it. All right, give us a score so we can move on. I gave it an eight point five. Ooh. 
And I, I would have been okay with giving it a nine, but there was just a few too many little niggly things that I was like, no, nah, I think an 8.5 is pretty fair. Fair. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely keen to check it out on consoles. Nathan, you're going to get it on consoles or PC? I just got to get it full stop. I'm not going to discriminate <laughs> here. Um, fair. You, did you, sorry, I should know this, Ed. What, what did you play it on? Uh, PC. So it was it's PC. Only on, yeah, it's only out on PC yet. Um, okay. Mid-September is when it's coming to PS4 and Xbox One. And then TBD later in the year for yeah. PS5 and yeah, I'm keen to get my hands on this one. Mm. I can't tell yes. if I want to wait for PS5 or just go for PS4. Yeah. And the thing is with Chernobyl, like there is there is quite a few mechanics that make it really different to those Metro and Stalker games. But I I'm reluctant to talk about them because it is such a cool experience to witness Good. without knowing anything. So it's very cool. All right. Lovely. All right, Nathan, you've been playing a review. For a game, mm-hmm. I mean, what a game to for review. Um, it's... Talk to us about Keanu Reeves. Yeah. So, <laughs> why, why is it Keanu? <laughs> is there a joke there? Why is it oh, Keanu Reeves? On. Matrix, baby. The Matrix. Oh, fuck. he's got it. There oh. he is. He's got it. Ladies and gentlemen, I so reviewed I'm... Neo. Uh. The Matrix Reloaded. New uh, anyway, <laughs> Neo. The world ends with you. That's the joke. It's the oh my god! I hate that. It took me. It took me how long to figure that out? Anyway, um, it's the, it is what I would consider, and I'll fight a fucker that disagrees. The most stylish <laughs> game I've seen and played this year, and there must be a challenge for a reviewer to not use the word style or stylish in terms of a, a positive adjective towards this game. Um, I'll need to read some more reviews to see if there's been a reviewer managed to not mention the style because this game is trendy as fuck. I mean, this is set in Shibuya, so we're talking the hottest trendy clothes lines, um, wearables, fashion pins, music. The music kicks ass. Do we have any new metal fans here? Anyone that likes a bit of Linkin Park or Bring Me the Horizon? No, new metal. That's I was born listening to new metal. Now this game is <laughs> fucking full of it, and this is a JRPG really? title. So I've had a look at the visuals on, or sorry, the screenshots on your review. Mm. It looks like Persona. For, yeah, from, it does. From yeah. someone who knows fuck all about those sorts of games, it looks like, like if you show me those yep. the screenshots, I'd be like Persona. And I'd forgive you for it. Absolutely. Because that's, that. that's the first comparison that should come to mind, I suspect, now now that Persona has hit its stride in the West. Um, but... This is a sequel. I, I, don't know. I suppose you folks are aware that Neo, its origin does mean new. So this is literally new, the world ends with you, and it very much is the world ends with you with a new fresh coat of paint. The story doesn't take anywhere near as many risks. It's not as original as the first game, but that's okay because people that love the first game will love this. Unfortunately, I don't have Kieran here to riff off of because he's probably familiar with the original. I assume no one else here has played the original? Nah, Kieran alone, sorry. and he's... Devo, he hasn't played it. Yeah, this this is a weeaboo's paradise. This game, it's and yet I'm without being on the new metal though. I'm yeah, me too. Kieran, that that mm. Kieran would listen to new metal. He doesn't strike me as a new metal kind of guy. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember as I was playing it on the couch, I had this theory to start with. Every time I'd play it of the evening, we'd hear this like real like link. As I said, Lincoln Park, Bring Me the Horizon, their new shit, of course, um, vibe of music. And I thought, 
oh, this music only comes in during the evenings. Like, this is the sort of dark hours, so we're going to listen to something a bit more meaty. Whereas during the... Uh, but then the alternative, it brings in a lot of music from the first game, which was real sort of jazzy and poppy. So it's a real divide in musical genres. I suspect that's because the original game came out in 2007, but we didn't know when that game was actually set. It was kind of ambiguous. It was assumed to be set in 2007. If you guys think back, what was the big musical trend that popped up that wasn't dubstep between 2010, 2013-ish? It's... Fuck off. (laughs) It's... um... (laughs) Attack, attack. Um, No, it's a lot of those. It was sort of... It was going from new metal into metal core as far as I'm concerned. So we definitely see that musical influence come in here. This composer is one of the most... I guess, well-known and, and and loved composers who was with Square Enix in the first game but was thought to have left. They've brought him back in, new composition. And I know I'm talking a lot about the music, but the fact is, is the gameplay is probably not going to win any awards. This game sells itself on its art, on its music, its presentation, its story's not going to win many awards. So it's very much an aesthetic game like Persona. But the reason I didn't rate it as high as I would Persona is because Persona's also got a really solid core of gameplay that consistently evolves over its bloody fuck 100 hour runtime whereas this game's about 40 hours and after about 20 hours you've seen most of what it has to offer so what's the story actually about like what's so the story is it's as i mentioned in my review it's a bit of a rug pull so what you see on the back of the box is we've got a character uh, these characters that have died in shibuya and then they've immediately gone to this kind of afterlife where they're still able to see Shibuya as it's currently operating. They can't interact with it. So they're effectively ghosts. But now these ghosts are currently participating in this game called the Reapers game. The Reapers are also people that have died in Shibuya and surrounding areas that have participated in this game, have won it or whatever. Uh, I think that's right. And then they go on to become the game managers that's the core premise, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, why the fuck would people be playing a, a game in the afterlife? But, of course, that's where the myst- it becomes a paranormal mystery. Like, what's going on here? And, of course, there's this whole story that develops about, um, you know, is Shibuya in peril? What are the ultimate consequences of this game? This is not just something that's fun. But, ultimately, it's, it's then should, this sort of afterlife becomes a purgatory. So, if, if you lose this game, you might be completely permanently erased. So no afterlife for you, you're gone. It's very unusual. The first game was quite a breakthrough in terms of story as well as everything else. But unfortunately, because this is a sequel, the game is playing it very close to the first in terms of plot. New players for the first half of the game will get a pretty smooth introduction because it doesn't assume too much prior knowledge. But unfortunately, in the second half of the game, it pretty much leans entirely onto sequel. So if you didn't play that first game, you're left behind. I won't say any more than that because, as I said, that is the initial premise, but the actual game itself is throws that out the window pretty early on. Nice. Um, all right. So, what did you give it? Because I know that you uh, said that you would have given it a 10. I would have given it a 10. See, this I think is... you already did mention, actually, before what you gave yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think I might have just missed over it, but no, I did give it an 8.5. I had to give it an 8.5 in good faith. It's one of those conundrums where this is the first game I've reviewed that is very... It's something that has been hotly anticipated for over a decade. The first game was in my top three favourites. It moved to my top five favourites. So I come into this with a heavy bias. But ultimately, 
Um, as I mentioned in my review, there's a lot of technical hiccups. Combat gets very flashy, very fast. I was playing on a Nintendo Switch. It slows down. I'm not sure if that's improved on the PS4. I hope it is. Um, and then we also have some pretty atrocious um, character writing. I'm not sure if this was to do with the translation or what, but for example, every time we go into combat, one of the fucking characters screams something about um, time to use my galaxy brain <laughs> without realizing that galaxy brain is like, if you talk about galaxy brain in public, you're kind of a fucking wanker, like, <laughs> or it's, it's just used in jest. It's kind of ironic, but this game uses a lot of, I guess, meme slang unironically, which is that mm. kind of shit that makes you want to put your head through a wall. Mm. That's a bit sad. So yeah, I said the voice act, the, the writing was a little cringe. The characters don't really gel at all. The story's not as impressive as the first. It might be for newcomers, but those are the things that kind of made me drop back to an 8.5. I was wavering on a 9 for the longest time, but I didn't have it in me, and it is what it is. I still think that anyone that enjoyed the first game will love this. It will deliver on their expectations, and they will absolutely accept those negatives, and they that won't take anything away from the experience for them. Nice one. Cool, well, you can check out uh, Ed's review and Nathan's review on the website right now if you're uh, curious to read them in full. We did also drop another review last night, today, Ooh, same thing. A very good review too. Yeah, from uh, Harrison Tabulo, I think that's, or Tabulo. I'm actually not <laughs> sure how you say his last name. Shout outs to Big Harry. I know he's listening, big fan of the podcast. Um, he reviewed The Forgotten City. And slapped a big old meaty 10 out of 10 on it. Um, I was quite keen to, to play this. And I was actually originally going to do the review for it. But they didn't have console codes until today, until launch day. Um, so when they said, we've got PC codes, I was like, uh, no. Nah. Uh, I'm a peasant, you know. Give me <laughs> give me the lesser version. So um, uh, I gave it to Big, big Harry and yeah, he... Fucking loved it. Um, so I'll quickly read his uh, his final thoughts for you. Uh, it is a very, very well-written review. Uh, lots of style. Sorry, we just lost you there. It's a very what review, sorry? Well-written. Ah. Review. I think maybe the, the audio, the video cut out, but the, uh, the recording may not have. But anyway, so his final thoughts here are... Let me scroll down. Uh, beyond some very small issues I believe can easily be looked past, The Forgotten City is a beauty to behold no matter the eye doing the beholding. When you come to understand and manipulate the story, it offers some extraordinary moments of con- contempl- contemplation fuck, I nearly fucked that word up, regarding one's morality and the laws we exist under. It's what I would describe as a perfect game, one that forgoes the easily rested laurel of, bom- of bombast and places its sole focus on conceptualizing genuine ideas beyond the thrill of aesthetic escapism. These types of games may not be for everyone's forte, sorry, may, may not be everyone's forte, but I came, I saw, I conquered the Forgotten City, and I sincerely hope you do too. 10 out of motherfucking 10. Uh, made by a an Australian developer called Modern Storyteller. Um, it was a Skyrim mod, which... Wait, they're uh, Australian? Yes, they're, they're, in, they're in Melbourne. Three, what? Three, three people, I believe. You're joking. Um, what a good and, effort. And it looks like it looks schmick as too. Um, lots of golden statues and stuff. Um, <sighs> yeah, so this this is the game that was the Skyrim mod that they, that they turned it into a fully fledged game. It run it, it, it won 
a Writers Guild Awards. Someone correct me? Sure, let's go with that. It won a Writers Guild Award. Um, You're right. Good on you. Yeah, nice one. Uh, I was I was pretty <laughs> sure that that was it. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I think it's the first mod to ever do so. Or anyway, but yeah, so they decided to turn it into a, a full game, and it's an absolute banger. Uh, I'm keen to check it out. So uh, you can check out that review. There, I think it's possibly even the first 10 we've given this year. Um, That's what I was going to ask you. How many 10s have been given out this year? Yeah. Yeah, we don't give many. We're tight. Oh, pay's going right to be right to give 10. To, yeah, so. good. <laughs> storyteller. Well done. Um, and the publisher is Dear Villages. Um, so shout out to them as well for hooking us up with that sweet, sweet code. I actually um, haven't even heard right. of this until I saw the review. So I'm definitely... Game currently has a launch day or, or uh, yeah, launch pricing of 32.35 Australian on Steam ending 5th of August. I might have to give this a look. Yeah, it's also on... So it's, it's on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, uh, Xbox One and PC. Um, yeah. Uh, check it out. It's a damn... Looks like a damn good time. Um, all right, I've lost my place. All right, all right, cool. So let's get into, let's quickly go through our jorts quickly for the month. Wait, do we all have that ready? Who Fuck. else is clicking on the link right now? Got to find uh, my jorts. Um, nah, fuck it. I, I can, I can. All right, I'll. Let's do it. Quickly. Do you want, do you want me to start off? Mine's pretty boring, actually. Uh, there's a game called Black Book, which I think is about like Slavic myth. Uh, that's oh. coming August 12th, I think. August 10th, sorry. Uh, I think that's the game. It might not be that game, but sounds like that's the game. Um, so that one looks pretty cool. Uh, Four Clothes, which is a neat looking um, cyberpunky first person shooter there. Um, that That's pretty much me for for August, I think. Oh, no, wait. Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2 on, uh, on, on PS5. Give it to me. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll do me for that. I'll let some of the other ones, let, I'll let them through for you. Kind of. Adam, what do you got? I still haven't played Hades yet and it's coming to PS5 and Xbox series this coming month. So I'll be playing that. Um, cause I think if Jordan recommends it to me one more time, I'll probably explode. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. I'm I'm keen to get into the the new content. Plus, just play that game again this time with the Japanese voiceover having matching lips, which will be fucking mint. Because I really badly wanted to have the the Japanese voice actors, but it just it yeah I I couldn't do it. I just could not do it. Uh, Kena Kena Bridge of Spirits. If that game does launch next month, it's been very quiet i'm hoping that it's just very quiet because they don't want to give anything more away but we shall see uh golf club wasteland i watched someone play a little bit of this game and they were so shit at it that i thought you know what i can do better so that's why i want to play it next (laughs) next month (laughs) i had a magnificent shot the one and only it was there was one i'll give it to you you hit one shot and it was great Uh, 12, 12 minutes, I know very little about the game other than I think I've watched the initial announcement trailer and that's about it. And that's all I want to know from it because I want to go in. in it. it does have the green goblin in it. Thank you, Zach. 
I'll tell um, you, I'm, because I'm still pumped for Mario Golf and it turned out to not be as amazing as I hoped, I think I'm going to shift my enthusiasm towards this game. You should. It look. I mean, it's completely different from Mario Golf. It sits on probably the opposite side. Talk mm. to me. Um, talk to me after the uh, the potty. I'll, I'll sort you out, baby. See, I thought you were talking about twelve <laughs> minutes. I was like, I don't know where that segues come from because that the games are completely different. That makes far more sense. What about twelve um, minutes, but with Mario characters? Brilliant. That would be. That'd be all kinds of hectic. I really. I do want that. Uh, last this, but not this least, is the Willem Dafoe game. Yes, yeah, it is the, the green hence the, hence Which the green Mario <laughs> character would Willem Dafoe play? Dr. Robotnik. Oh, I hate you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Uh, last but not least, speaking of hating things, I clearly hate myself because I'll be playing Alien Fireteam. Because <laughs> I'm curious to see if it's as good as it looks and it doesn't even look that good so i don't know i'll play it it'll probably disappoint me but you know i'm along for the ride that's my august nice Bye. is there any games for anybody else or yeah i got some games over here <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, getting a bit sassy up in here zach anywho ed, ed kick, us, kick us off what do you got i mean adam covered most of mine um keen for pretty much all of that keener ghost of tsushima i actually can't wait for the update to legends on ghost of tsushima because oh, that yeah. is a shitload of fun i actually went back because they've got the um the playstation outfits available again and i went back and played it the other night and it's just such a good game like i just really really like ghost of tsushima um 12 minutes golf club wasteland and um zach you told me to check out yesterday the new world um yes which I it looks like it's releasing at the end of August, so I'll probably check that out. And yeah. it sounds like it's seen... up my alley, so I'll yeah. give it a go. Well, I thought it did. Uh, fr- from what I know of it, which is very little, mm. um, I thought you'd be into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm keen. Nice. Nathan, lucky last. Alrighty, so I'll make quick work of this. The first thing on my list is Humankind Seeger's Answer, or Aha, is it, what's the developer? I was going to say Harmonics, but that's the fucking rock. Band devs, isn't yeah. it? I feel like it starts with H, so I'm going to stop there. But anyway, starts with H, published by Sega. This is their answer to uh, Sid Meier. Sid Meier? Yeah, this is this is their answer to Sid Meier's rock band. Uh, <laughs> rock band Civilization. Uh, this is a Civ-like game that looks remarkably like Civ. I am one of those people that loves the idea of Civ but refuses to play it because it chews up too much time. Um, I know you, many folks in gaming circles have heard that bullshit about there's just one more turn when it comes to Civ <laughs> games. I wholeheartedly subscribe to that. I will not trust myself to play it and keep them uninstalled. But Humankind just looks fantastic. It looks very much in the same vein as the last two Civs. Keen to see more. New World, which we just spoke about, is something I've also got on my radar. I won't play MMOs much. I'll play. I'll make a character and play a few hours, and this is definitely a game where I want to make a character and see the first few hours. I like the idea of the persistent world actually having scaled PvP. So I like that I'll be able to explore, and if I come across any motherfuckers, I can hopefully <laughs> bop them before they bop me. Uh, Dragon Star Veneer, only because we don't have many JRPGs this month, and I always like to chuck a couple in. I don't know anything about it. It's simply because it's a JRPG. 
I don't even really like JRPGs that much. That's the irony there because I don't have the time to play them. But a part of me still punishes myself with them. Uh, Prinny Presents, Nippon Itchy Software Classics Volume 1. That is the full title of one of the games that we've got coming out on, uh, I think it's later in August. It's coming out around August 31st. The only reason I'm excited for this is because it has a old... Nippon Ichi Software game called Phantom Brave, which came out on the PS2. This as a remaster of that game, and I always wanted to get my hands on it as a child, but Nippon Ichi games very rarely made it to the West back in the PS2 era, so I never got my hands on it. Keen to get my hands on it now. Very quickly, Psychonauts 2, for obvious reasons. No More Heroes 3, because those first two games look pretty wild. I've not finished them, but I'm, I, I like games that are tongue-in-cheek. Uh, is there anything else for the month? No, I think that's it. It's a pretty eclectic month. Nice one. Uh, we'll give Kieran a quick shout-out because I know he's super, super keen to play uh, Psychonauts 2, No More Heroes 3, and uh, Madden 2022. So, <laughs> games he's looking forward to a lot there. Madden's a joke, right? Otherwise, I'm laughing and that's rude. Well, Wait, there isn't him. even a Madden in... Is there a Madden? You're going to have to ask him next time you see... Oh, fuck, there is too. Shit, I just have blinders on when it comes to sports games. Just say, I heard on last night's podcast, you're really keen for Madden. Just what team do you support? Just (laughs) see see what he says. (laughs) That'll be an interesting conversation. Um, I'm going to have to now. uh, Nice one. All right. So let's go into our other main topic this week. We'll try and keep this one pretty short because there's a fair bit of news to get through. Um, So I'm... In the middle, nearly finished an article. I've been working on it for a couple of weeks now. It's called Are Exclusives About to Become More Important Than Ever? Uh, working title might might change. Uh, you have all read the draft, which is about 75% done. Um, so I want to talk to you about this because I feel like this is a fairly interesting topic of conversation, even probably more so now that I don't know if you heard or read uh, Sean Layden's comments today i think they came out today or yesterday so uh, the former high up at playstation i can't remember his, his exact title head of playstation studios or something like that or whatever he was um basically actually I'll, I'll find the exact quote he did a um uh he joined streamline media uh, as a advisory i think on their board um and basically, he says that I'm, I'm trying to find the exact quote for, for you. But he had he had an interview with Game Game Biz, uh, sorry, Game Industry Biz. Um, all right, so this is his 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 quote. It's very hard to launch a 120 million dollar game on a subscription service charging nine dollars ninety nine a month. You pencil it out. You're going to have you're going to have to have 500 million subscribers before you start to recoup your investment. That's why right now you need to take a loss-leading position to try and grow that base. But still, if you only have 250 million consoles out there, you're not going to get you're not going to get to half a billion sus- subscribers. So how do you circle that square? Nobody's figured that out yet. Um, so some interesting comments there. Um, clearly talking about Game Pass, which is essentially what this my article was about. So kind of it's it's more on the, it's more on the impact that Game Pass is having across the whole uh, industry. So there's no denying that Game Car- Gamecast, Game, shout-outs to Phil, uh, Game Pass is... Um, <laughs> now I forgot what I was saying, because Phil fucked me up there. Um, yeah, sorry, the Game Pass is having a massive impact on the on how 
we consume, how we buy, um, and how we value consoles and games. I think it's starting to shift quite a bit. Um, and PlayStation, which is, and even Nintendo have had this old traditional rely on exclusives, um, you know, mantra, and it works because they both put out fucking hit after hit, really, you know, mostly. Give or take a, a couple ones that don't quite hit the mark uh, here and there. Whereas Xbox has had to sort of pivot and change their strategy because their first party titles haven't quite had that impact. You know, the last couple of Halos and last few years and stuff haven't really, you know, done probably the sales and the critical numbers that um, they wanted. So, and they've even had some some games that I fucking love, like, like Quantum Break, which I gave a 9.5. Fucking love that game. But yeah, oh, wish I talked, Nathan. I, I just loved that it was just that mix of TV show and video game. It just, it just spoke to my heart. Shout out to Sam Lake. Um, you can't hear my expressions right now, but I'm a bit shook. <laughs> I loved it. I fucking loved it. Um, but anyway, that's a, that's a discussion for another day. Um, maybe we can do that for 100 episode. We have reviews. Oh, no, man. Have... I'm starting to simmer. I'm starting to get fired up. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, some of their titles have, have been poor. So they've had to sort of change their strategy and, you know, the Xbox one sales weren't great when you compare them to PS4 and, and, and switch, which I think came out what a year or two later and still blew Xbox one out of the way, uh, out of the water. Um, definitely blew it out of the way. Um, but yeah, so my question to you is, or sorry, my, my, my piece and my question to you is now that Xbox is sort of starting to see a bit of a shift, you know, a lot of people like, uh, Adam, for example, who was traded in his Nintendo, his switch, because Game Pass, you know, has been giving him those juicy, sexy looks for a long time now, and he just he just can't resist anymore. Um, so he's brought it home, or he or they, whatever. Showed um, her a good time too. And uh, you know, so the idea of this article is that are uh, is the business method of relying on exclusives uh, sustainable to compete against something like Games Pass, um, and or I believe that we'll probably start to see PlayStation maybe buy more time exclusives to try and compete because they obviously don't have a... I mean, they have PS now, but they don't really have a competitor for Game Pass. So they're probably going to up the ante on PS Plus offerings, you would say. They're going to start to give them... Like, you know, we've had a Plague Tale on PS5, which is which is a pretty good. We've had Soulstorm, which is pretty good. We've had Bug Snacks. Uh, and these are all <laughs> timed exclusives as well. So these are pretty good, you know, good titles to have for, for free. But they're not you know, the full library that uh, Xbox sort of has. And what Xbox has been doing is they've been getting games that will come to PlayStation, but they are giving them for free, you know, the cost of the subscription. So you're back for Bloods. Um, and the other one I was going to mention, I forgot, but there's, you know, but there's also a ton of other games like The Ascent, which is coming out this week, I believe. Yeah, well, it's in a couple of days. We'll have our review up um, then too. So... They've still got some games, but they're not, you know, making those big blockbusters as much as the other two are. So, let me stop talking, but what do you think? Are the... So, uh, basically, the question is to you, do you think that play, uh, exclusives for both Nintendo and PlayStation are going to become more important for them to, A, to get them right, uh, and what are they going to have to do to make sure that 
players don't jump ships like sort of Adam has, you know. And, you know, you, you're definitely going to have people who are brand loyal, you know, they're not going to leave PlayStation because that's where they played their whole life. All their friends play there, so, you know. But, you know, I'm looking at a second console, you know. Nintendo's got Breath of the Wild 2, but, hey, that's the only game I'm really keen on is it worth spending, what, 500 bucks on a new Switch to play one game? Or do I invest in an Xbox, which gives me access to all these games, you know, um, sort of thing. So what are you, A, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? I think the allure of Xbox is, like you were saying with Back for Blood, are those third-party games that are doing the day-and-date releases for Game Pass. At least, um, like you said, for me, I got rid of my Switch and jumped into the 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 pastures green, literally. Um, and it was for that <laughs> reason, because things like Hades, they're going to be on Game Pass. That saves me buying it for another console and making that that separate purchase things like back for blood. I want to play with my friends. It's cross play. I'll play it there because I don't have to buy it. There are no, I mean, halo. I, I suppose, I mean, I will play it. I'm not. Into, yeah. I, because, because I can, that's exactly it. They're so, exclusives. At least the ones that they have announced are all games that I kind of shrug and go, yeah, I mean, I'll get on it because now that I'm, part of that ecosystem i i just can and i don't have to pay for it whereas sony exclusives i'm still completely fine with purchasing whether i do or not the idea of you know if ghost of tsushima 2 comes out next year you better be sure that i'm going to be buying it because the allure of that is strong enough that i will shell out 60 to 80 90 dollars for it because so, they've just built that that strong basis of, of first-party games. Just quickly, something like Deathloop then, which we spoke about maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. you know that that's coming to Game Pass in 12 months. Yep. Do, I mean, you might not have the interest enough to make you want to buy it, but it sounds like you're relatively keen to play it. Mm-hmm. Are you going to wait to play it on Game Pass? Probably not. Okay. As far as I think timed exclusives we'll see a lot more of on the, the Sony side of things and very much for, for reasons that you've kind of already gone over. I will still be using my PlayStation as my primary console. I don't see that changing thanks to yes. Game Pass. Yet, yeah, you are right, but timed exclusives, I mean, when you put it in the grand scheme of things, a year is is not long realistically and we're probably not the target demographic to care about that because we want to play things when they release. We, mm. We're right into that scene and we're fanging to get a hold of the the newest game. Whereas maybe your general consumer, they see that $100 price point and they go, fuck that, I'll just wait for it to come to Game Pass. I've got, you know, a bunch of other annual releases to play yeah. until then. Absolutely. So we're, we're probably not their target market for that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, as far as like the, the hardcore gamers, whatever bracket you want to put us into, the real game, I think... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I I misspoke. But yeah, I think timed exclusives definitely matter to us, but I don't know if they matter to the wider market. No, so and that's where I want. I'm 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 glad that you brought that up because I want to put a title out to you. Final Fantasy sixteen, no seventeen, sixteen, sixteen, sixteen. Um, that's a timed exclusive that we know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me, that like that's a big one. So that's the sort of 
a big deal, big time exclusive deals that I think PlayStation will try and do more of. Um, we'll be trying to snare those at least 12 months or six months, you know, rights to those titles because that's a fucking massive game. Like, really. Uh, like, that's probably sales-wise might be, what, top 10, at least top 20, I would think, um, for, like, PlayStation titles uh, or even probably general titles, maybe. Um, I might have no idea about that, but it <laughs> sounds like it's a big game. So, Karen th- likes it, so... I think that's an interesting one because it's a very well established series. And I think that's, there will be a a big difference between the two. So something like Deathloop, regardless of how good it looks and how well it previews, you're still taking a gamble. Like your money is still up in the air. Like you can spend that $80. It might be shit. Who knows? It might ship and it's got a whole bunch of issues and you, you don't really know what to expect, but something with like that has the, the brand name, like final fantasy, a, there's nostalgia there, especially considering they're kind of going back to a more like fantasy approach to it. There's a lot of people that will really have enjoyed the older games that kind of wanted it to go back to more of a, a fantasy setting that they're more likely to want to shell out that money early to, to get it that year early. So yeah, I, I can see timed exclusivity for established big franchises being something that sticks more than the new ips or the 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 smaller titles okay so the quick the quick games the uh, these are the ones that i managed to find in my research there might be more i might have missed some i don't know but the games i've got so far since the ps5 was announced um time exclusives have been or are uh bug snacks oddworld soulstorm deathloop uh ghostwire tokyo final fantasy 16 and forspoken which is the new um um who is it square enix game so mm-hmm. you know there, there's some that, that's a pretty good list really um, yeah there's there's heavy hitters i think they probably want to be i it, like just from that list it's diverse and i feel like that's purposeful like they they want to diversify as much as they can to try to hit as mm. as many people as they can because there's there's quite a few different genres in there like you've got something like a hardcore platformer like uh, Soulstorm, but then you have Bug Snacks, so it's they're kind of on two sides of the same coin. So I feel like, yeah, it's it's very purposeful for what games they are doing the timed exclusivity but for. Oddworld's a relatively big title, like yeah, in its own right. Um, but the the other game I was thinking of for the Series X that they've got locked in for day one is uh, a Plague Tale Requiem. So they've actually got the sequel to that bang like day one. That's massive, like you know, um. You know, and that's probably not going to sell people on the console itself, but it it adds to the value of that ecosystem that they're building. You know, that whole experience of paying fifteen mm. bucks a month and having access to tons of games. Whereas, you know, you you have to go and spend ninety bucks on PlayStation for what's probably going to be a what a max fifteen hour game. You know, maybe twenty. You know, that's a single player. So once you play it once, you know, you can probably trade it in or whatever else, sell it. But you know. Um, I think if you want to be really reductive about it, it's the whole, and I, I don't believe this personally, but the, the quality of a quantity kind of argument, once you, if you buy into game pass for a month, because say you want to play a plague tale two, and you're like, instead of forking out a hundred bucks, I'll pay this $11 entry, play it. And then I'll probably unsubscribe. You're not going to fucking unsubscribe a, because it, it takes effort and 
who has a Netflix account that they never fucking use, everyone. But B, you see, like I scrolled when I first got my S, I was like, I did the classic thing of I'm just going to hold down the, the, the down button on the D-pad. I'm going to see how long it takes to get to the bottom. And you know what? It takes a, it takes a fucking long time. And I think the allure of that is enough for you to be like, ah, oh, I'll play that. Or, ah, oh, there's that thing that I haven't played yet. So mm. you just, you, you won't jump out of that, that ecosystem, but yeah. whether, you know, the, the, the quality side of it is like I've said that PlayStation has the, the God of Wars and the horizons that are established and they're big names. So you're going to spend money on it. That's it's, it's kind of worked in the past and I don't see it changing in the, the near future. I'm sure it will eventually because the subscription service model is ridiculous value, but yeah, I don't see, I don't see the, that changing right now, at least. Before we let those two guys jump in. <laughs> um, so I mentioned, I do mention that in, in, in the article and Nintendo is a funny one because they kind of sit, they're not really, they're not competitor competing with PlayStation and Xbox. Good. Like they are sort of one another. That's Nintendo right. kind of have their own, like they kind of do their own thing. But as I say, they are competing for people's money and the space on the TV, you know, on the TV stand kind of thing. So, you know, um, and not everyone can afford to buy every single platform. You know, that's just life, you know. Money's not, uh, you know, no one's got a fucking money tree out the back. You know, if they do, let me know how you did it and <laughs> get this going. But um, so it's going to be interesting because I feel like, especially with the new Switch not really being more powerful, uh, it is that pool of those wonder, you know, maybe they've got half a dozen games in a couple of years that you want to play, but you know, is that enough to spend 500 bucks for someone who is, you know, cash, not, you know, not so rolling in cash, you know, can they, or do they go, I'm I'm better off spending my money this way? Because as you say, Adam, and I do write this as well, you don't find the types of PlayStation single player games that they make anywhere else. You know, you don't find The Last of Us and the fucking God of Wars and the Uncharted, you know, Xbox don't make those. Um, and I do think you're right. I do think it is a little bit quality over quantity. And it sort of ties back to what Sean Layden said. You know, you can't make a $120 million game and, you know, have, give, give it away, essentially. Mm. Um, you know, these games take fucking years to make. And it feels like Xbox is sort of going down the path a little bit of having Game Pass games. And I don't, don't want that to sound like a negative thing because it's, it's not. But a game like Psychonauts 2 is probably a perfect example of a game yeah. that is going to excel on that by being on that platform. Whereas if you put it out at whatever, 80 bucks, 70 bucks or whatever it, w- it would cost, it's probably not going to have the interest in, you know, player base that it would on this, on this service. Ha- Halo, maybe Gears might be the odd, you know, the ones there that do cost a lot of money. But story-wise, you, d- you don't get those banging story, you know, narrative-driven games. Um on sort of even on Nintendo, like you get you know real good single player games, but not the probably not sort of the emotional narrative kind of probably different emotional sort of pull. Nathan, I know you you're absolutely about to burst. No, no, I just I think that's a brilliant way to hand it over that N- Nintendo aren't making emotional moving narrative. No, okay, games. well, I mean, like in the sense of like, like I don't disagree. Like, but continue. Us, you know? Well, I was just saying, you know, you don't find, you know those sorts of games uh, like the last of us on the switch 
you know, yeah, it's almost like um, like Sony is pushing the equivalent of like prestige TV, prestige cinema. Their answer to them That's it, um, on the platform, yeah, it's there's there's nothing prestige about Nintendo as much as I love it. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll grant that absolutely, and I'm glad that you mentioned that we should kind of it's a bit of a cop out, but push Nintendo to the side a little bit. They're not really playing in this sandpit, are they? They've they've been sticking to their own business model for decades, and, and they'll make works. their little tweaks. Yeah, so, they're they're massive. They're they're probably the biggest out of the three, really. Um, Adam, it's, I'm not sure if you're agreeing or just having a having a moment. Um, but you know, who they're the who, oldest. Who the fuck gets away with flogging the same fucking games over and over again, and characters and fucking. It has to be admitted. It, it's absolutely true. And look, um, as I said, I will swear by Nintendo, but they're absolutely fair criticisms. And like we and Kieran even spoke about uh, that Skyward Sword. No, is that it? Yeah. Yep, Skyward yep. Sword. He's thing. done it. About how. He hasn't said by rule I, yet. I normally fuck it up. <laughs> um, you know, how you had to buy the, the dildo um, <laughs> to get you the fast travel. Um, Ridiculous. Which is fucked. If anybody else did that, they would be absolutely smashed. I've yeah. got some some hot Nintendo takes that I really want to write a piece about, scared. but I'm I'm too scared of Nintendo fans. Yeah, I actually yeah. am, genuinely. Just just slap my name on it, mate. We'll be good. Oh, excellent. Well, I was um, going to do it to George. Like so that ghostwriter. <laughs> is that, no, what's the is that the term? Ghostwriter? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, Nathan, tell us your thoughts. Okay, so I'm in an interesting position right now because as a couple of you know, this is a week where I'm considering purchasing my current gen console and I must say it's not an easy decision to make. No, you're in. Because (laughs) there is perfectly valid, as a consumer now and consumer first, there is a lot of appeal on both sides and I know this conversation is already exhausted and the conversation around Game Pass is fairly exhausted at the moment. But for me, one of the things that Zach has mentioned, particularly in the little piece I've written, oh, seen that he's written rather, you make the point of the PS5 owners for their 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 cost of admission here is a, a potentially a one hundred and twenty five dollar drop every time you want to play something hot. That that's tough, especially if you're not cashed up. When we come into Christmas season. How much money are you expected to drop to really get the mileage out of your console? A fair chunk. That's a real hard sell. Xbox in the past has tried to take the hardware route, you know, the Kinect and things like that. They'll try to push that as their edge. And fortunately, they've moved away from that. But in lieu of that, I feel like Sony has snuck in a little bit because you hear so much. I've yet to use the, the new, what, DualSense? Mm-hmm. But I hear that's more than a novelty. Or am I wrong in that? Yeah. It, it's still... It's, yeah. Nah, don't listen to Zach. It is more than a novel. No, like... It's, I mean, you had me good. on Returnal, you know? Yeah. Like, that sounded the tits. That sounds fantastic. So, like, that's the thing. I feel like not enough devs yet fully utilise it the way it's intended to. True. I think a lot of them, like, chuck in, like, the trigger... Um, what do you call it? The trigger things, you know? And the the adaptability. Yeah. yeah. And they fucking call it a day. Yep. Like, you play the Sinking City on PS5 and then it just fucking slapped in adaptive triggers and you're like, this fucking does not fit at all. Yeah, that wasn't mm. developed for the PS5, though. Like, Returnal was uh, developed specifically for it. The yeah. Sinking City. They were able to kind of, like, you know, put in a lot more in the house. Have controls. anyone here played Destiny 2 on a DualSense yet? 
Yes. Yeah, how, how do you feel about the adaptable triggers on that? Like, does, is, is that an enhanced experience? No, you shrug. Okay. No, yeah. no it's not like it doesn't, it, it feels fine, but it's not going to, it's nothing to write home about. Nothing compared to, say, Returnal or Miles Morales or Demon Souls. Um, that's when you, they, the control kind of really shines. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still good. Yes. Like, it's still, it feels nice. But in terms of like a different experience between that and when I was playing on PS4, not nothing to mm. write home about so to move away to, to come back to my point in a moment so xbox is taking the route of game pass obviously but they've also made significant strides with their back catalog over the past few years and no more has that been evident than with this new xbox it just seems like you can run pretty much most of their catalog straight off the box and am i right in a game yeah. pass is bringing like was it did i see crimson skies was, was that there's was that coming to game pass game or pass. i think there's even some I think that you can play black, which is the AI yeah. Shooter. Yeah, see that. There's some OG OG yeah. ones on there. How appealing is that to be able to play a game like Black, which was fantastic back in the day, back now in 2021, where you can what pretty much just chuck the disc in and off you go. And further, and almost I'm surprised how deceptively quiet this has been. But now with the push for um, the Xbox, what is it? Their cloud? What's their cloud streaming service called? Xcloud. Xcloud. Mm. The fact that we've now got that, it looks like it's going to proliferate far wider than PlayStation now ever did. And PlayStation now was always at separate subscription service, whereas this is included into the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Mm-hmm. The I'm curious to see how this conversation about um, the the competing um, Sony versus Xbox here goes, considering it looks like Xbox is happy to put their hardware behind them if it means dominating the game's market, just opening up accessibility across the board. If you can play these games well on your phone, that's a game changer. And I know you, you always could with PlayStation Now, which we don't have here in Australia. But as I said, that's a separate subscription in itself, on top of the fact that you're probably also going to have to shell out for PlayStation Plus, which I think we all have to admit, compared to the days of the PS3, has subsided in its quality. I remember where you were getting like, uh, two PS Vita games, a PS4 game, and two PS3 games. We're getting five games, and usually there was some quality amongst that. Now we're just getting what two. Um, that's mm. that's a t- tricky trade off. So and they've, I don't and know. they've jacked the price up. Well, and like, they've jacked what, the price a up a year and a half ago, whatever it was, or maybe. So, do we feel confident in saying that going forward, Sony is going to be the bearer of the premium product on the market? Because it seems like that's their that has to be their niche. It's all very expensive. It's the hardware's going to be expensive. The games are going to be expensive and you're just not going to have a huge library without paying good dosh. Whereas I don't know if we're talking about accessibility, especially in the time of COVID where wages are being struck by inability to work and things like that. I don't know. I just feel like the Xbox is the more appealing option. The only reason I'm going with the PlayStation is because, as you mentioned earlier, it's got a couple of the titles that I really want. It's got the Demon Souls. It's got the Ratchet and Clank. It's got the Returnal. These are the games that I'm most hot for. Although I've got a lot of respect for the games coming out on Xbox, I have a PC and I just can't justify it right now. Mm. But I can absolutely sympathize with anyone that wants to pick an xbox series s or x at the moment because for the money you're putting out you're probably getting a better return on investment my only one issue with game pass and i don't know if anyone shares this with me but there's been a few times where i'll start a game on game pass and i'll go i like this but right now there's something else on my plate so i'm going to put it aside for a while i come back and it's gone 
It's no longer on Game Pass. That breaks my heart, especially if it's something on PC, and I find that for whatever fucking reason, the saves won't transfer to if I was to buy said game on Steam as well. Really? So sometimes the saves are like, they're like buried in certain folder structures and then encrypted in such a way that if you try and move them, they break. Um, and this happens more than I would like. So it is tricky if you are the person that's going to get stuck into a hardcore game. Um, PS5 is really appealing to me. Um <laughs> But, yeah, as, as someone who's a bit more casual with the Xbox, I feel like I've been s- spanked a few times by not staying in front of my Xbox or not staying in front of the PC with Game Pass. I've subscribed for about a year of Game Pass Ultimate, and I've definitely not utilised more than a month of it. Mm. At best. I've not finished a single game that I've played on Game Pass. I just dabble, play a bit of the new Forza, play a bit of the new Gears... And that's usually... It. No, I tell a lie. I finished Gears 4 on Game Pass. That's the only game I've finished on Game Pass. And that's by virtue of the fact that it's first party. They're not going to remove it from the catalogue. So I got to finish it over a period of two years. Mm. That's my way in. I'm not really sure if that really gets to the heart of your article there, Zach. Not really. But, but that's all right. But it's, <laughs> it's close enough. But well, you kind of did, did answer it in a way by saying that, you know, the Returnals, the Demon Souls and the Ratchets, they're the ones that have got you over the line, you know. It sounds like if... But I've got the money to put down, though, as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, not always going to be the case. Both, though. Like, they're the same price, aren't they, pretty much, I think? Yeah, I'm just meaning in terms of how much are you going to spend over the lifespan of that sure. console, yeah. and I'm worried that you might have to put down a little bit more for PlayStation. I could be wrong. Well, the, I think it's only the first-party games that are the ones that are priced higher. The rest are still right. across the board the same. So if you're buying Assassin's Creed, it's still 80 90 bucks, whatever it is on, on either console. But, you know... Half of these are coming to Game Pass. And and the big thing is, and it sort of says, like, Xbox has no exclusives. I mean, they got fucking shit tons. They've just gone out and bought Bethesda. Well, not just, <laughs> but, you know, they went and bought. So if you think about that, and I guess this article is more leaning towards, I guess, more in the future kind of thing, you know. You think about the appeal of having the entire Bethesda catalogue available for free, all their future games for free, minus... Deathloop and Ghostwire, which will come in 12 months after their release. So, you know, Starfield in itself is is a pretty big pull, like, you know. Yeah, it's not um, for free, though. Like, I mean, I, I do get what I, I mean, like, 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 game Yeah, I know it's not for free, but, um, you know, it's like, what, 15 bucks a month. It's a very appetizing yeah, price yeah. of entry. Yeah. So, Ed, you, uh, what do you got for me? Because you read it real late, so you probably read the most updated version. Yeah. It hasn't changed much. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where I've I've been playing games since, you know, the early 90s, and console wars have been a thing since then. It was Nintendo and Sega, and then it was PlayStation and Nintendo, and then it was PlayStation and Sega, and then it was, you know, and it's just been going on and on and on. And it really is kind of down to what you can play on those systems. And... Like I'm in a really fortunate position where I have the kind of money where I've got one of each console. I haven't got an Xbox Series X yet, but I've got a PS5. In the previous generation, I had a PS4, an Xbox One, a Switch, um, PC. And like, I, I prefer playing PlayStation. That's just me. It's I prefer the feel of the controller. I prefer sitting in front of the TV and I prefer the user interface to a PlayStation kind of thing. And all throughout the Xbox One life cycle, there was never anything that I was like, do you know what? I'm going to jump on Xbox and play that. Sure, even, when, break, even, <laughs> even when Shadow, like when all the Tomb Raider games came out, 
and like the I think it was the Shadow of the Tomb Raider dropped as like yeah. an exclusive for um, Xbox. Uh, Rise. I, just, mm. I just waited. Yeah. I just waited. I was like, no, nah, yeah. I'm just going to wait till it comes out on PlayStation because I just don't give a shit. The allure mm. of like Games Pass and having stuff coming day one is definitely, it's big. Like I really enjoy that. And I, I have kind of, um, like I played, uh, oh, what was it? There's something that came day one recently and I was like, oh yeah, I'll just jump on that. I won't bother buying it on PlayStation or I'll start playing it on an Xbox and be like, yeah, actually, you know, all my, most of my friends and stuff are on PlayStation. So I'll grab that and, um, you know, play with my friends and stuff. But I mean, I think exclusives are never going to go away. And I think this conversation comes back every few years where it's just like, you know, in Xbox One, they didn't really have any exclusives because all they all got cancelled. So PlayStation was really able to kind of get that market mm. of being like, we've got The Last of Us, we've got God of War, we've got Uncharted. Um, you know, Xbox didn't really have anything like that. But then you look at um, Xbox 360 compared to PS3 and they were smashing it. You know, they had the Gears, they had... Halo, they had, um, you know, Crackdown. They had all those kind of stuff that PlayStation didn't have. And Xbox really excelled at that. So, you know, maybe this generation it's Xbox's turn again because PS4 did really well and the PS5 is too expensive, so Xbox is going to crush it. But then, you know, next cycle it'll be PS like PS6 or whatever it is. They'll have the kind of exclusives and stuff. So I, I definitely don't think it's going away. I think all it does is kind of perpetuate this really weird thing of like Xbox is better than PlayStation is better than Nintendo is better than <laughs> whatever, which is not true. Like they each no. have their own strengths. Um, and yeah, I just think it's, it's just something that we talk about every, every five years, it feels like we have the same kind of conversation, which is fine. Like it's good to, to talk about it. And I think it's mm. really good. It's a really good position to sort of take, but it's sort of like, I don't think it's going anywhere, but I think it is kind of cyclical in nature. Okay. So yeah. So that's, I think everything you said is correct. It's not 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 the point I'm trying to write about though. So, mm. <laughs> Would, wasn't it if this exclusives are important though? Like, yeah. So it's it's more that uh, so. How I phrase it very very. Are you thinking like the consequence? So of... so PlayStation and Nintendo, right? Let's just put them both together for example. They don't have uh, Game Pass like subscription and game pass since it was first announced has just gathered momentum momentum and it's it's being it's bringing in bigger and bigger titles day one like you think about all the big name titles that they're getting uh you know you know like we said back for blood you know they're all coming whereas Mm. playstation are only sort of doing what maybe two maybe three exclusives per year Mm. um it's more that is that older style of first party exclusive uh, sorry are there first party exclusives enough to keep uh, fence sitters on their side like um does that sort of make sense so is the pool of game pass going to be strong enough to go you know what i'm only going to play last part three on the ps5 like like that's the only game like i can think of right now that i want to play on the ps5 I'm going to go buy a Series X because I get all these games for free on Game Pass for, for free. Yeah. You know, I'm getting all these third-party games day one as well. Mm. So I don't have to spend 90 bucks on Back for Blood. I don't have to spend 90 bucks on a Plague Tale Requiem. After, I can get all these other indies as well. Yeah. Um, like Street Rage 4, for example, was day one Game Pass. Uh, yeah. not, not that's ex- expensive, but... Yeah, like... 
So I guess your question is, is it going to be our exclusives enough to, like you said, for fans well, like, sitters to show is up? Is the value of them about to be more important? Like, can you afford for them? The, like, there's I feel like there's more pressure on them to get them right every time. Maybe oh, yeah. we won't see as many. Okay. Maybe we won't see as many new IPs anymore because it's it's safer for them to go down. You know, an iteration route. You know, let's go Uncharted, whatever. You know, whatever the next one is. You know, instead of pumping out something new because it's a big name, we can't afford to spend 150 million dollars on a flop. Yeah. Kind of thing, because that's what Xbox did. You know, they had Sunset Overdrive, they had Quantum Break, they had Rise, they had all these other you know, new new IP games, which I thought were pretty good. I thought all three of those were actually pretty good. Mm. Um, but they didn't, you know, they didn't probably reap the rewards that they were hoping. Anyway, the article will go up at some stage, hopefully this week. Let, um, let me put one question to you, though, because I'm, yeah. I'm curious to know your thoughts uh, yeah. in terms of your article. Yeah. So looking to the future, looking to tomorrow, mm. looking to a couple of years from now, well into the generation and the games are pumping out. Yeah. Do you think that Sony will go the route of essentially superhero cinema where you get four to five, maybe even six big name drops a year. That's what's justifying you owning the PlayStation. You've got multiplayer and that you can play in the meantime, but you, you're ultimately sitting down and getting excited to, to play that console mm. six times a year. Whereas the Xbox is there, like your Netflix, you come home every night, you've got something tantalizing, something different, something yep. new, but it's not always going to be that multi-million dollar Marvel no. hit. I think, so there's, this is a, it's a, a long answer. I think it's not a simple answer. So there are, there are a few layers to, the, to this answer. Firstly, as I say in the article, Sony's roster aligns more with my interests than the other two. Like mm. I have zero interest in Nintendo. We all know that. Like I've already, I've said it. Many times. Xbox, I like enough of their stuff. Um, and I've got it. It's there. So I can play whatever, whenever, really. The second big thing is money. Mm-hmm. Now, I very rarely pay for video games. So I don't feel the cost. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. This, is, so this is a very important thing, right? I don't... Even third-party games, right? So if there's like Buy Mutant, you know, we, we got two codes for Buy Mutant. Uh, shout shout to big Kosh Media there because actually I think we've got more than did we we got a couple more didn't we anyway um you know because they were because they knew that me and Kieran were quite keen so they gave us a couple codes there so there's seventy bucks I didn't have to spend you know um and all you know and other little games and stuff that I very rarely do I buy I reckon I buy less than ten games a year now in fact yeah. it might even be less than five um this year so I don't have that. Because of my position, I'm quite, I'm very, I'm very, very lucky that I don't feel the financial burden of owning multiple platforms. Um, I think it would be very different if I did have to pay for it. Um, like, even looking at some collector's editions, I go, yeah, I'm fucking really keen on Resident Evil. I ain't paying four hundred bucks for a fucking collector's edition, <laughs> even though I don't buy really any games throughout the year. So I probably, I probably save money really from when I was actually buying games every year but um but the similar question is one of the guy i used to work with he went game pass because value like the value yep. was in game pass for him he That's goes right. he goes there's only like one or two or a handful of ps5 games that he's keen for 
he'll just he'll figure it out whenever he does you know maybe he'll buy a ps5 later down in the in the generation and he'll he'll uh, play him play him all then um but for like at the moment like he only had he, he only could afford one console and it was all his mates had sort of moved over as well um anyway this is we've gone on for quite a while <laughs> about this um article will be up let us know your thoughts um i don't know if i've re- even really phrased the a cohesive question here um but it's more that it's the opening line is that there's a very divided feel on exclusives some believe that they are bad for the industry while others think they're they're good you know they're an essential part of you know what separates one ecosystem from another they help breed competition between the the platforms i mean if we all had the same games to play you know i feel like the quality would dip kind of thing um so there's no uh, incentive to try and stand out kind of thing um so yeah it's just more that with playstation and nintendo, nintendo not having that subscription service uh and a lot of momentum and the and a lot of the i feel, feel like a lot of the discourse is very positive in terms of microsoft you know and everyone's like when are you going to have a playstation version of game game pass you know blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> and even like you were saying Nathan, the the value of PS Plus has declined. So, you know, um, are those handful of exclusives that PlayStation do, you know, those ten to twelve games that they do each generation? Because let's be honest, like what you play two Naughty Dog games a generation in eight years or so. You know, they're both fucking great. Mm. If you like, if you like, but you know, it's two games. Like if you're only, you know, anyway. Um, we will very, 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 very quickly whip through some news. We'll only talk talk about the very, very big stuff because this has gone on for fucking ever. Loves to talk, don't we? Um, so the little mini um, uh, Playdate console, the handheld, the 2.7-inch screen, the the black and white screen. Oh, no, sorry, not black and white, but the monochrome sort of screen there uh, is getting... It's actually tonight, is it? I think it's either tonight or tomorrow. I'm not. Oh, no, sorry. It's uh, Friday. So pre-orders go live on Friday morning at 3 a.m. It'll cost $179 US, which is about $243, not including shipping. Anyone interested in that console? I'm keen, but don't know if I'm willing to put down that. If I had the money for it, yeah. The console, like, it's so endearing. It's got the little crank. It looks really cute. But, I, yeah, I don't have the money for anything that's priced (laughs) As it is, let alone a small console that I'll probably use twice. Looks no, cooler no. than the Oya. <laughs> Oof, ain't that I think it's one of those things where, like, <laughs> you know, I I was really keen for the um, mini Nintendo, mini NES. And I think I plugged it in once when I got it and I haven't touched it. I think this would be another one of those things where it's a really cute it's little console. I'd probably play Nintendo with it does. once and then it would sit on a shelf. Well, I bought the little mini PlayStation, hooked that it up once. I didn't even turn the fucker on. Didn't it have Road Rash? I don't think so. It have did it? I, I think it did, didn't it? Did yes, it has Road Rash. But yeah, that, that hasn't even been powered up. Q, mm. not going to use it. Mm. Um, oh, fuck. EA Play Live. I completely forgot that happened less than a week ago. Um, all right. Quick whip through AA Play Live, um, some Grid Legends, which is a new is a new racing game from Codemasters coming out. Yeah, racing game. Uh, Apex Legends Season Ten. Adam, yeah, ten seconds of what you think. <gasps> Looks great. New character Seer. He's a hunter 
similar to Bloodhound. The world is getting a big crack through it again for the third time. There's ranked uh, for arenas. Next Fuck. line up on the list. <laughs> no, you go. Keep going. <laughs> nah, that's that's the the long and short of it. There's a new legend. There's a new weapon. The map's getting a change. Uh, arenas is getting ranked, which is which is great. Um, yeah, Ed, bunch of new content. Apex. I tried the beta, but wasn't a fan. Tried the yeah. beta, mate. You have been <laughs> out of the game for a really long time. We're ten really seasons like in. The, I really like the animation for Sia, the, yeah. the guy that did the um, Love, Death, and Robots. That looked, that was yes. Cool. How great the um, Zima Blue was my favorite episode yeah, from season yeah. one. So I was a, a big old fan of the that trailer. Yeah, yeah. Get back into Apex. Game's great. <laughs> uh, Do you play next- with mates or solo? I play with mates. I've I've okay. got a I've got a, a trio that I play with, which makes good. it a good old time. Uh, next up, we have uh, the new uh, little single player game from uh, Zonic or Zoink. I can't remember how it is. Zoink. Uh, it's called Lost in Random. Now that Kieran is keen as fuck for that, uh, comes out on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch on September 10. Looks pretty cool. Knockout City Season 2 is coming. Uh, this game is actually taken off surprisingly more than what I thought. Um, so yeah, Season 2 is coming uh, now. It's out It's out, out now. Uh, they then showed off what Adam spoke about last week with Battlefield 2042 and Portal. Uh, now that we've all seen the footage, Nathan, do you have any thoughts on that one? I'm every bit as tantalized as I was when nice. I only found out about it on the podcast oh, last week. What a scoop that was. <laughs> what a scoop. Mate, nah. we, uh, we should open our eyes. Nah, I'm not going to say that because I've already fucked it up. Um, so that was my live reaction back then, and I've got nothing to add. Phenomenal. Yeah. Very excited. Uh, and you, do you get on the battlefield much at all? Uh, I played 1942 way back in the day in the land centers. Um, oh, yeah, good on you. And I think I played, I played 1943. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was the two-map PlayStation yep. Um, that was great. What? I n- haven't played much of the most recent ones. Um, I think Battlefield 4 was where I called it. Uh, I have been playing a bit of Battlefield 5 because it was the free game last month on PlayStation. And I love it. I mean, I, it's one of those things where I really like that kind of role-based um, shooter. Uh, I, I love playing a medic. I love just running around reviving people. It's my it's my jam. So, yeah, looking at Portal sounds awesome. Like, just the ability um, to chop and change shit. What do you think of 2042? Uh, you know, I don't really... I'm not a massive fan of kind of modern day shooters. I'll probably check it out, but it's not going to blow my mind. Um, mm. But it looks great. It looks fantastic. I'm sure that people who love that kind of genre are going to be frothing because it does look really nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then we had the... Uh the big reveal at the end with Dead Space, uh, which is a full remake. Um, what do we think of that? I mean, we all kind of expecting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very exciting. It? It's definitely being developed by Motive, which is an interesting, interesting development. I don't know if that was rumored prior to its announcement as well, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Interesting. interesting but yeah, I'm keen The remake angle and not the remaster of all three. Um, I thought they were going to remaster all three and it would come as like a Dead Space Legends kind of thing, like Mass Effect. Um, but I'm keen for a remake. I, I really like the first one. I really like the second one. Didn't play the third one. 
So. Don't need to. Yeah. Not worth I was, doing. I was going to play with Kieran, but then he ended up uh, playing without me. And he was like, bro, dodged a bullet. You've heard it here first. Kieran's a piece of shit and oh, Dead Space yeah. 3 sucks. <laughs> Dead Space 3 does fucking suck. I uh, don't know that I would say that it sucks, but it sucks. certainly didn't have the lure to get me through to the credits. If yeah. you don't say it sucks, then you're wrong. That's it, mate. There you go. I'm not saying it. <laughs> well, I did one. say it, but I'm not adhering to it. <laughs> um, all right, then, uh, yeah, Chernobyl coming to PS4 and Xbox One, September 7. New details were announced for NBA 2K 2022. Um, stuff to some, yeah, uh, micro emojis and shit like that if you like basketball games. Shout out to the Bucks winning the championship, my boys. Uh, PS Plus games for August were leaked by PlayStation. Shout out to PlayStation for leaking their own shit. Uh, we're getting PVC, which is Planet for Zombies Battle. Sorry, I'm salivering up a bit there. Battle for Neighborville, Tennis World Tour Two, Hunters Arena Legends, which we saw in the the state of play old mate before, which looked kind of bum, but whatever, it's free. Um, Monster Hunter has a crossover with Akami. Shout outs to Palamutes on that one. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is getting an expansion called The Siege of Paris. Drops on August 13. Uh, Adam, you played um, Valhalla. Did, wait, did yep. you, you reviewed it, yeah? I did, yes. Yeah. You're uh, keen on this? Keen on heading to Paris? I am. So they've already um, got... Have a baguette? They, that's the plan. <laughs> they've already got one expansion called Wrath of the Druids. Um, I was waiting for both expansions to be out so I could kind of play them back to back. Uh, cause I notoriously don't really like DLC that drops months and months and months apart from each other. Cause I lose interest and then find hard to get back into it. So I figured if I just let them both drop and then I could play them in one big, one big load, that'd be, or oh, one big load was a poor choice of words. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'll be getting into it. Nice. Uh, Horizon, what? Horizon? Forza Horizon 5 biomes were revealed. Um, they look pretty pretty sexy this is probably the only game that i think consistently which i actually write this in the articles referring to before i think forza is the only series that does consistently drop uh, hot games for xbox true anyone keen on xbox oh, on xbox on uh forza we all have to be come on yeah the only racing That's game a little bit. is need for speed i mean it's on too. game pass okay there you go uh, Death Strand Director's Cut will expand on the social strand feature. I didn't read this, but I saw the headline. Adam, tell me about it. Yes. So the social strand feature was a way for players to connect in a single player game. So you could anything that or some things that you built in your game might appear in someone else's game to help them. Uh, It was a really cool way for the worlds to feel connected without you actually ever physically interacting with the other players. Um, when I reviewed the game, when it originally came out, I lauded it. I thought it was a, an excellent feature and yeah, apparently they will be expanding upon that in the director's cut. They didn't really go into a great deal of detail as to what that means. Um, uh, but I'm a kind of, of two minds. I kind of, I would really like to be able to deliver packages with a friend. I think that experience would be really cool, but I think that might actually take away from the, the kind of tone and the, the direction that they had going with the the strand feature to begin with. So yeah, keen to see what that expanding actually means. I reckon what'll be cool is because you get the they've they're including that new little delivery bot thing that can tag yes. along with you. Oh, if they God. just were like your mate can be the delivery bot. I'd be I'd be I'd buy ten copies. <laughs> if it's anything other than that, I'm gonna be disappointed <laughs> now. That's that's genius. Cool. I love it. Nice. 
Nice. Uh, Resident Evil perfumes are existing uh, now, I think. Uh, you can smell I mean, like Leon Kennedy. I'm just keen to smell Jill, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jordan, when you're, when you're editing this, if you could just send me that that sound bite, that'd be wonderful. Um, right, eh? Um, they only the are in Japan at the moment, I think. Yes, yeah, so only in physical Capcom stores or the 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 Japanese Capcom store that. online. Capcom has a fucking physical store. Yeah, mental. I went there when I was in Japan and Oh really? It was like a Capcom Oh, I went to the Capcom Cafe, which is that the same place you're talking about? Oh, that's I've seen photos and videos of that. That's a that's a weird little establishment. It was very cool. I really enjoyed my time there. I had a dessert that was a brain with a sword in it. It was like the Resident Evil dessert. Amazing. And they were just playing someone was playing Dragon's Dogma on the wall while I was eating. It was just great. Deep down. Shout A few shout outs to that one. Uh Dragon Age coming to Netflix apparently. There's a show being worked on something something sure. show. Netflix. Sure. Uh no, Adam, you got any other deets on this? No, that's pretty much it. Yep. It might be a thing. They're doing some all right game adaptions on Netflix. Like I don't play Dota, but I didn't mind the Dota series, like just to watch in the background. I, heard, I forgot um, that was a thing, yeah. I was reading that this one uh, might be starring Nicolas Cage. For real? You, you've just made that up. <laughs> Man, I would have I would have gone. That's for pure it. fanfic. Uh, yeah, I'd I believe gonna anything. Say, I was gonna say Dragon Cage. But I thought that that would be t- <laughs> too much. I mean, with Nicky Boy these days, nothing would surprise me. That's it, mate. Making movies about pigs, making movies about being fucked up in space on colours. Um, on colours. <laughs> Hot Wheels Unleashed got a new trailer with some, and it shows off a bunch of new cars. I haven't watched it yet, but the game is rad. I played it, played it the preview of it. Check it out. It's got like nearly 20,000 views on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe. Um, weird, weird flex, but all right. We'll continue on. That's it, mate. 16K, 20K. It's like what PewDiePie gets in a minute. Um, yeah, there you go. News. How good. Uh, off topic. Got nothing for you. No, I do. I watched, I finished all the Fear Street films. Yeah, good. Let us know. Mate, tell you what. I'll let you, I'll let you experience my thoughts on this. Wake up in the morning. Wake up in the morning. I'm not going to fart. Um, <laughs> get a couple of slices of bread out, right? What are you going to do with them? Crack in the toaster. <laughs> put the bread in the toaster. Get the butter out. Maybe, or you know, maybe you don't get the butter out, whatever. Oh, my God. Get a fresh fucking avocado. <laughs> spread it on that toast because that shit is fucking avo. No, <laughs> oh, my God. Mate, that, that was, was the longest tiring. setup for that. <laughs> oh, Fuck uh, right they, off. They were fine. Let's, I'll, 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 put, I'll give it the nice the nice one. It was okay, um, rank them for me. One, two, three. Let's go. Two. We, which is one and three together because I can't decide but between the other two. What, two, two we is what you just said then. <laughs> just what one and three. That's all that. I heard, two we. Which is, a, which is a combo of both. One and three. That, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two, 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 three, one. I think. Ah, really? I think. Okay. I'll go. Now he hates one. you for a different reason. 
I'm one, two, three. Ooh. Okay. I didn't like the first half of the third simply because I thought the accents were atrocious. I thought the first half of the third one was fucking boring as fuck, but I also it thought was. there were large parts of the first one which were also boring as fuck. Fair enough. Um, Would you watch more of it if they bought more for you straight to Netflix? Like, it, I think it's watchable. Yes, because it's free. Hey. Game Pass. Also yeah. not free. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean, yeah. Like, it's just I'm whatever. teasing. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's the only reason why I would have... If this was a cinema job, no. Nah, I'm with you. I'm with Uh, you. um, I would have come out of the first one feeling like I was ripped off. I think I still think I like it the most out of everyone I've talked to, but Mm. I don't think it's especially great. Just in entertaining enough. Uh, Is it just like Stranger Things? Everything I've seen it just reminds me of Stranger Things. Yeah, but it's better. I'm in that part too. I. I like it. I liked it more than Stranger Things, but that's just me, and I wouldn't know how to quantify that. I just find Stranger Things to be a little obnoxious at times. Yes. Drawn that's out. Fair. Drawn out, and yeah. and the plot threads they they just drop plot threads like halfway through a season, and then they might pick it up next season, and that irritates me. But I like it. I like it. So don't take my criticisms as anything else. Um, Ed, have you watched the Fear Street? No. Films? Did you say you had? No. Sorry. No. No. But I started watching He-Man today, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yes, yes, I've just seen the first episode. Really what do you think? I really liked it. Yeah. I, I dig it. Is this like a live action one or something? No, it's Sadly, uh, no. Kevin Nick Smith Cage? is um, redoing <laughs> the, like kind of, it's almost like a remake of the 80s cartoon. And like everything is still really 80s, um, mm. but it's Kevin Smith um, as the creative director and stuff. And it's just great. Uh. It's just good. Old school fun. Mark Hamill is Skeletor. Mark Hamill is Skeletor. Sorry, fucking what? Yeah. And it's great. Didn't you know this? It's so good. Yeah. It's got it's got a really good voice. It's got Liam Cunningham from Game of Thrones, Lena Hattie from Game of Thrones. Um Yeah, bunch of people. It's really good. Very eighties. Nice. Very like tongue in cheek, but I dig it. Nice. Rate it. Yeah. Adam, you got anything for us? Finished the first season of Peaky Blinders and oh, I'm thoroughly in love with that show and Key and I started the second season tonight. Loving it. Who Who's your favourite character? Peaky. I'm partial to a bit of Arthur. I thought you might have been. Yeah. A lot of people he's, like he's, he's a good boy. I also like John out of the, the brothers. Yeah. Just because he's kind of a... Yeah, he's kind of a, a fucker and I enjoy that about him. So, just sort of to jump back many, many episodes, you might remember me talking about Gangs of London, I think is what it's called. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, he's in that. So, he's the main guy in that, or one of the main guys in Gangs of London. It's very, oh, okay. It's, it's like a modern day, sort of, Peaky Blinders. It's really fucking cool. Cool. Highly I recommend. have to put it on the uh, it's, to watch list. It's, it's but- on Stan? It's yeah, it is, and it's directed by the dude. And I hope someone's seen this. Has anyone seen any of the Raid martial arts films? The Raid. No, these I've seen, are two I've of seen clips of it on YouTube. There's like the fight yeah. breakdowns and stuff, but I haven't watched the actual. It film. is visceral. It is unrelenting. Kid. And it's the same director, and so that means the fight scenes in Gangs of London. Zach can attest. Yeah, kick fucking they ass. Do. They are very cool. They that first are one, insane. The first one in the bar. Is fucking oh. 
legendary. It's like you see a fight scene, yeah. you're sold. Um, right, I'll get on it. It's like when you watch like John Wick. Uh, you know, yep. and the action scenes are choreographed so fucking well that you just you forget how fucking dumb the story actually really is, um, and that he's this invincible fucking agent. But yeah, um, brutal. And also watch Taboo. Has anyone else seen Taboo? I've seen a couple webs. Yeah. Um, that's Tom with Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah. yeah. I like a bit of Tom Hardy. I can get around that. I was well, confused uh, by it, so I'll need to rewatch it. You might it see it soon, Adam. I I I think we've we're a couple episodes in, so I have okay. seen I have seen him. Very oh, good. Th- very threatening for as whimsical as he as he looked to be to begin with. He's, mm. Yeah, I like his character a lot. Cool. All right, let's uh, let's wrap, wrap it up there, shall we? Unless anyone's got any last minute thoughts, I want to sneak in. We yeah, watch Bronson with Tom Hardy. Yeah, Bronson's so good. Yeah, it's a good film. Good film. Um. All right, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, <laughs> episode 99. We have a big, massive episode for uh, planned for episode 100. Can't spill all the beans yet. Look out on social media. You probably won't see it, but whatever. Uh, I think we're going to do like a live show if we go through with it. Uh, and I can confirm we're going to have some giveaways live. Huge. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hope you can join us. All the details will be yeah, on, on our socials and stuff when we confirm it. Uh, thanks for listening. If you want to check out Ed's review, Nathan's review, uh, Harrison's Big Fat 10, uh, you can go to www.well-play.com.au. And I don't know why I fucked that up so hard. Um, and you can also check out the um, <laughs> my exclusives article if it's ever finished, and unless I just been it after our conversation because whatever. All right, shout outs and have a good night. Cheers. See ya. You're See all chance for making it through the week. Thanks for making it through this podcast. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Ed, say goodbye. See you later. Lovely to be back. <laughs> Thanks for having me.